Recording in progress. Thank you all so much for joining me. Before I begin, I need to pray. Thank you, God, so much for leading us. We ask that you give us a double portion of your love, mercy, and grace. We also want to pray for the people in Israel again. We just ask that you give them all a double portion of your love, mercy, and God, grace, God. We also ask... You know, after like four or five months of dating. I'm sorry about that. I had this video planned. So, God, we just um, come back to you and talk. We want to just make our request known to you, God. We lift up the people in Israel. God, these are your people, your children. We ask that you just, God, protect them, Lord God. We ask that you touch their bodies from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. We plead the blood of Jesus over them, God. We ask that you keep them 30,000 steps ahead of every situation and circumstance, God. Giving them discernment so that no man shall deceive them. God, show them the way out. Show them how to get away from their enemy. Show them how in advance, 30,000 steps ahead. Let them seek refuge, God. Give them refuge. Let them know exactly where to go, how to get away, how to stay God, we just ask that you just comfort them and protect them, Lord God. God, we just cancel every plot and plan of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We 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 ask that you just give, give us dominance over our enemies, God. Allow them to have dominance over their enemies. Allow them to prevail and triumph over their enemies, God. You said in 1 Chronicles 7, 14, God, you said that my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then you will heal from heaven. You will heal their land and answer their prayers. So, God, we just thank you, God. We ask, we come humbly before you. And we ask for your divine intervention. Your divine intervention, Lord. We ask for your divine intervention. We know what it looks like on the outside, God. You know, we know that your word will be fulfilled. But we ask that you have mercy on your children, God. And, and Sodom and Gomorrah, God, there, there were a lot of people in that land that was just terrible. And you told, you told, um, who was that you told? You told Abraham. You said that if it was just 10 people, you would save the land. You said if it was just 20 people, if it was 30 people, God. So we just ask, God, that you just, you know, look on Israel and you see your children that's needing you, that's calling you, God. And we just ask that you just protect them, Lord, and, and that you lead them out of darkness, God, and, and just let them set their feet upon the rock lord for you are our refuge our fortress god we take we take so we surrender to you god we trade we take confidence in you god we trust you and so we just appreciate you right now god we thank you right now in advance for what you're doing for the people of israel for what we can't see we know is at work because the, those are the things that you're doing God, you said that we are to be like you. So we are not God, but we are like you. So we have the authority. So whatever we whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth is loose in heaven. God, I just thank you right now in advance that I rebuke and cancel every plan of the enemy. We cancel every satanic curse, every satanic word curse. God, we just, we ask that you allow Israel, your children, to prevail and triumph over their enemies, God. You know what is happening to the Christians there. The ones that believe in you, God. They should to openly believe in you, God. And so we just ask that you please provide a way. And God, if the enemy 
continues to try to devour them god you you take over you take vengeance god there is nothing what what else what else can the people do besides give it to you we give it to you god you say that vengeance is yours and so since this is like civil injustice these are spiritualists god they are also preventing your children from seeking you and so god we just ask for you to intervene god we ask for you to take vengeance in the situation god in a way where your children can thrive god and so we just thank you in advance god for what you're doing and so we ask that you please allow your will to be done um god we thank you for giving us your holy spirit access to you we thank you for tuning your ears to hear our voice and our supplication to you god so we ask that you fill us with your holy spirit in a way where we can be obedient and sensitive to the voice of the holy spirit god i just thank you right now for everything that you've done for us everything that you're doing and even the things that we don't even know that you have done on our we on our behalf we appreciate you lord so i just want to say thank you and we appreciate you thank you holy spirit for filling me up i just pray that you allow me to speak the word today where it is well received and, and god you allow me to plant seeds and water water the seeds god and you are the one that ultimately grow and so god it takes god let let me speak things that are edifying. Let me speak things that can provide hope and get people out of despair, Lord. And we just thank you right now. I just pray that you allow me to say everything I need to. Don't let me forget anything, God. And, and let me have the right pace and rhythm while I speak. I thank you, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is still in your blood. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining me today on Laws Life. And, um so there are a couple things that i wanted to go over i've been talking about women's health right um i did deviate somewhere yesterday when i was discussing um i had the special reporter segment on israel and so that was really important because there was so much stuff that is still going on in israel but god god is going to take care of that so we don't have to worry about that anymore or even be concerned about it we put it in god's hands so it's there and god is handling it um so what i wanted to talk about is two different things today i want to really talk about um just self-care practices i want to talk a little bit touch a little bit on that more uh on that and um i also want to talk about entitlement okay um so a lot of us women okay um sometimes we feel entitled to certain things right because of you know just who we are how we were raised who we you know how you grew up the type of woman you are so you feel entitled to certain things and so i want to talk about this entitlement today and how entitlements can somewhat interfere with your relationships um and so let's get into the word today all right let's see
Okay, so there's a couple scriptures that I like to go over. Um, so, Okay, so before I get into that, I want to just sh share a story with you all, okay? And so, this is the story. So, um, I believe that this was, like, right after I graduated. So, I'm trying to think, I'm actually, I'm just trying to think of the year this is, yes, okay, so this was... I would say this is in 2020. Now, um, when I graduated with my master's degree, okay, that was in June of 2020. And so what happened was I wanted to go to Mars. And at this time, COVID had just started and everything. And um, NASA was just starting to accept their applications um, through the... Uh, what is it? The the usajobs.gov is the way that you were supposed to apply. And so I actually, they had 10,000 applications to apply at uh, to a one-way ticket to Mars. And so I'm thinking, okay, so I'm about to go to Mars, right? We it's time for it's time for me to leave. So let me explain to you all how I was feeling. I don't know if I really felt like I was entitled, but at the time when I was thinking about transitioning, going to Mars, when I was doing my Mars application, I was thinking that I was entitled to go. Okay, because I am a contributor. I'm not a I'm not uh that much of a consumer. I am a contributor. I, I'm always thinking about other people. I'm always giving, I'm always doing something even if it's my last so like i am a contributor what can i do to enhance the quality of work what can i do to you know provide additional services to this department how can i collaborate with my co-workers or, sub or subordinates so people are like really comfortable with me at work and everything so when it comes to my work ethic i have a very very strong work ethic i've never actually worked for anybody that wanted me to ever leave the company and so the only time I ever had an issue was when I worked at President Obama Senate office. But um besides all of that, okay? Um cuz after working for him, I did change my political stance. I was no longer a Democrat. I just sort of became a conservative or a moderate conservative. And then I changed it from a moderate conservative to now I'm a conservative libertarian. And so I wanted to really talk about how um, I was feeling entitled when I applied to go to Mars. So here's what happened. So nobody really understands how important it was for me to go to Mars. Because I, I think I wanted to go and live on Mars more than I must. Okay. He's built SpaceX, but I knew everything about Mars. 
before he even went on his journey to building SpaceX, okay? I was like the number one caller at NASA. Like, okay, so when when do you all anticipate, you know, the departure to Mars? Because they had literally, it was over 100,000 applicants back in 2013. And so, like, when it comes to space and, like, different stuff that goes on there, like... I am someone that is a part of Zooniverse. They um, would find like exponential like planets and stuff and like black holes and stuff like that. You can like find them and become like a mini scientist. I never wanted to be a scientist, um, but I always had an interest in space. My, my middle name is Starist. And so like everyone calls me Star for short. But that's not my actual birth name. My birth name, my middle name is Starris. And so um, everybody just says Star for sure. So I've always kind of like been focused on the stars. And um, I used to like looking at and just having the telescope and looking at, you know, the stars and stuff. And so anyway i, I want to fast just let you all know that if anybody was to go to mars it was going to be me okay so what ended up happening was it's about nine months to get to mars but i was talking to nasa so much um that's it's a, a main space in georgia and that's the one that i used to always call i talked to this lady and her name was jody and she always would talk to me. I would bug the mess out of Jody. I'd be like, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about this one-way ticket to Mars, you know. And I'm just wondering, you know, what if there's aliens there? You know, and I was... <laughs> and she said, well, you know, you, you, you would be considered a foreigner in that land because we're going to a new space. So when you go somewhere that you're not native to you are considered a foreigner so you would be an alien basically to that to aliens that are there but my, but see that's kind of like what prevented me from going but during that time when i was about to leave and and i was because i really thought we were going to be leaving like in 2020 and so my mom she's like no baby i don't want don't go don't leave me how you gonna leave us you just go leave. So she was like, um, she was just crying, like literal tears. Okay. But I said, I'm going to figure out a way to come and sneak y'all over there. Okay. So don't worry. Don't worry about it. So because <laughs> what they were doing was um, they paid, they compensate you $100,000 a year. But you had to be a contributor. So, like, what would you contribute to? And I was thinking, like, I could contribute to any type of job, any type of position. And so, that's basically, like, what I wanted to do. And so, my mom, oh, I don't want you to go. Look, I am definitely not leaving. I will be coming back to you. I will be like, look, we about to go take a family trip. And I will be sneaking them, sneaking them on Mars. Okay, we were gonna. I was gonna trick my kids to come back first, um, one way or the other, because it's a one way ticket, actually. And then I found out, um, I think that this was back in, I would say maybe 2014, maybe 2014 
or maybe maybe in 2017 or 16 but i think it was 2007 so what happened was they actually had they wanted to create like a reality tv series on mars and so that's what I had, the, like the last part that I had read about it. I'm like, okay, so they're going to make a reality. How are they going to make a reality TV series? Then I also had read that they had approved the satellite. They approved satellite over Mars and stuff. So I was like so interested in going to Mars until I went through that experience. And it was horrible when I was thinking about going out there and if there was an alien. Because I had read a lot about Mars and the different artifacts that, that NASA was bringing back and stuff like that. And so and on one thing, one article I read, it had talked about they had brought a rock back. And on this rock, it was like, I guess it was an insect. Um, but it had the form of a rock. But it was an actual insect. And so they were like exploring this rock that um, appeared to be an insect. But if, if if the rock didn't get touched, it wouldn't move and you wouldn't know that it was like an insect. So that was something that they found that I was reading about. But um, a lot of different stuff. And so I just really changed my mind about going to Mars. Um, and then when I read the Bible and it talks about how um, the earth is a, it's a firmament. And so that makes me think about really about heaven instead of thinking about my thing more so about heaven now i don't really set my mind or my focus on mars or any other planets or anything like that so i wanted to talk about how going there would put me in the mind of entitlements because going to a place where there is only people that are going to be contributors you have to understand that it's like okay so how am i going to contribute am i going to be like a part of the legal team like the governing body governance you know like <laughs> i was just thinking all type of stuff but when we entitlement we need to not think about it in a we're thinking about what the world can give us and what we can get with these titles in this world because of who we are or because of our credentials and because of how long you went to school or how much money I have and how much money you don't have and what type of car you're driving the cars I drive, right? So I think about entitlement because although you know i have come from poverty but i'm not impoverished and and so that's because my dad my dad really took care of me and my sister now i don't know what my mom was doing okay because we because of my mom not because of my dad my dad always so i, I don't know how sometimes we didn't have food and you know like i don't know what my mom was doing and so um when i think about that i don't have like i don't feel like um what do you call it i don't feel abandoned abandonment thing issues or anything like that because i always have been loved because i am a miracle so it's like for me being a miracle baby too 
I think about that type of entitlement. I think about how people have treated me over my sibling. My, I have one sister. It's just me and her. It's only two of us. And so when I was born, I'm a miracle baby because my mom, she was hit by a drunk driver. And she flipped in the air. And she had to have me with fractured legs. Like her legs was literally like fractured. She had to have me with casts on. But I still came out with like normal vaginal uh, delivery. And I didn't have to stay in the hospital or anything. I was healthy, you know. So um, even though I was born a month early, everything was fine. And so it's so, it's kind of tripped out because like everybody's always been drawn to me. Like everybody in my community, all of the elders, the young people are like, I know everybody. Okay. So like if, if we are not getting along, it's because it has to be something like really serious that will stop me from getting along with you. So, um, but now that I'm a new person in Christ, I don't really uh, take my focus off of things that shouldn't be because God wants us to think different. Once you become a new creation, you're going to think different. But when I think about the entitlement that, you know, like um, just the, the type of love and attention that I've always gotten. It really makes me think about so like how it could have interfered with me and my sister's relationship. But before I get into that, all right, because I love having vulnerable conversations because they creating a um creating an environment house for vulnerability allows for everyone to be able to talk about their story. So if you want to share your story, go ahead and put your story and email it to me and we could talk about it and, you know, like just have a vulnerable conversation, but a mature one. OK, so let me go ahead and um, share my screen. Um, and so what I like to do is let me go ahead and I want us to get into the word. So let's let's go into this one. We're going to look at 2 Thessalonians 10. 2 Thessalonians 3.10. And um, so this is what it says. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. So let me explain this. You know how like sometimes we 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 grow up and we feel like you know well my dad did this and so my like for me let me just give you this example so my dad when i get older and i became an adult like anything i asked my dad for my dad give it to me financially so i'll be like dad can i get like seven thousand dollars i seen this house i wanted and I need to put a down payment on it. And I wanted to go get some furniture. And my dad be like, oh, that's all you need? And I be like, yeah. He be like, okay, come on and get this little change. So $1,000 was like change to my dad. That little money is like nothing to him. Because my dad would give me anything that I asked him for financially. And so like when I was married... And so my dad always like did everything for me. Okay. So it was like, 
after my marriage that I left because of several different reasons of abuse, including the fact that my spouse doesn't believe in God, um, that was something that was serious going life and I. It was time for me to separate. But when I think about the things that my dad did for me, um, when I look at another man and they like acting a certain type of way, like any type of, I don't know, like my, my dad, I, like for me, I think that women that are raised by their fathers and had a dad, they father in their life kind of act different from women that don't. And the, the reason why is because if you don't even have your dad in your life, but you have God in your life, that means your attitude is still going to be different because God becomes the, the role model that you need to look up to. But when you don't have God or you don't have a male role model, it's like your mind is really like unable to, unable to, you know, um, be the full woman that you need to be. And so the reason why I'm saying this is because like God really put this on my heart to talk about tonight entitlement. Um, so, so for me thinking that, you know, like my dad is like a provider. So when I look at a man, the man is like supposed to be a provider, but if you can't be a provider in a way, just say like you, it's something preventing, preventing you for like a certain period of time, that's understandable, right? Um, but if you're not doing the things that you're supposed to do as a man, meaning that you are to work the the ground, God says that the man will work the ground. You're supposed to be a worker. You are supposed to be a caretaker for your family. And I'm supposed to be a supporter. But, you know, now in society, we see that there are more opportunities given to women than they are to men. So you have women who have housing, you have women who have cars, you have women who have all of these luxury type of items that allows them to advance in life. You have women with education, you have women with careers. So when I say these women, I'm, I'm talking about specifically with the minority, the Hispanic um, and also African American communities. But really, you, you see a lot of Hispanic community males that really, that they do work hard and they will really work for pennies on the dollar. So it really doesn't really apply to them. So what I'm saying is specifically his women should not continue to feel so entitled with things. And so I feel a sense of, expectations and i do have expectations and then i say no i'm going to eliminate that because when you set these sort of expectations is when you're expecting people to do something you're going to fail yourself so they're going to fail you so what you should be expecting is you you can expect that they may mess up you can expect that something can go wrong. You can expect that God will need to intervene. You can expect that God will need to create a miracle. You can expect that God will need to be in the middle of it. Those you can expect. So I, I changed my perspective and I just started like 
No, no, no. I, I'm going to expect God in this situation. See, I, I started expecting more of God and, and less expectations from people. Because it's like when you expect people to do something, they are going to fail. Like you're going to mess up. It's, it's inevitable. And yes, you can be very mature. You can have everything in order. Like you can have, you can be well disciplined. But just having discipline doesn't equate to not failing. So we can expect that when we mess up, we're going to need God because of our sinful nature. So expectations should equate to you needing God. Your expectations should equate to you making supplications to God, telling God what it means. Your expectations should consist of you, you know, wanting people to do better. So I think that. So when I look at uh, certain men and I'll be like, um, if it's certain things that I might need, if you don't, if you don't offer it to me, I'm, I guess I feel a certain type of way. Like, well, why, why did, why do I have to ask you to do that? You know, you should know what you're, what you, what I need. You know, like you should know that I need this. Okay. I, <laughs> it's like. Like, you know what you need every day, don't you? You know, so like, I think that just having, having consideration um, in a way where you care about what other people feel, you care about what they need, you care about what their, their concerns are. So if you, you when you put expectations into people, you have this sense of, you create this sense of entitlement for your, like, oh, you don't meet my expectations, then this ultimatum. So your, your expectations are leading you to entitlement. So if you don't wash my car, then we are going to have a problem. If you don't cut the light out and take the garbage out, we're going to have a problem. If you're not cutting my grass, then we're going to have a problem. Because you're creating this sense of that, you're creating this entitlement about yourself. When, when people... They want to meet your expectations, but something could interfere with them meeting your expectations. For, in, for instance, their belief system. Their belief system fear they react to you. So there was already with a one that was, you know, Maybe somebody that felt entitled. 
And so now they don't want to deal with another woman that feels entitled. Or, you know, now, now they, they used to be with a woman who was always controlling. And now they don't want to be with a woman that's always controlling. So, like, those expectations that you have can't be met because of some pre-existing things that was going on with somebody else that they experienced in their life. Just like you go through experiences in your life and your expectations are not going to be met. You're not going to meet the expectations of other people. So I think that when we set these expectations with people who are prone to fail in life like fail we're prone to fail each and every single day something something is not gonna go right now like 99.9 percent .9 of the time it can go right the whole day but something may not so it's not about the 99.9% .9 that did go right. It's about the 0.1% that you got to work on that didn't go right. How is your reaction to that? How are you reacting and behaving with that unexpected thing that took place? Because, oh, you didn't, you lied. No, what if that person really didn't lie? They had real intent on doing something positive with you. So it's like, we have to sit back and say, okay, well, wait, we can all be, we can all be this, meaning we can be diligent. We can all focus on the things that we can place value on other people's level of things, but we can still fail. So it's about how are you responding? To those moments that other people fail you because see like i really thought that i wanted to go to mars and see that would have caused a problem with my mama because she like oh no my baby why you leaving me why are you leaving and i'm like mom look i will come back and get you i don't want to go to mars <laughs> it's so funny because i'm like well wait wait okay so like this is something that i want to do so your lack of support for something that i want to do i kind of felt like they weren't meeting my expectations I've been in school this whole time. Why are you not happy if I, I can go to Mars? Like, none of my friends wanted me to do that either. So it's like, okay, this is something to do. I want to go to Mars. What do you mean? So I have no support system to go to Mars. That's messed up. I have supported your journey through school i have supported your journey through i have supported everybody so i don't get no support so the way it, it kind of like man it made me feel like okay so i'm there for them but they're not there for me so how how are they meeting my expectations so that's when god said look quit expecting 
people not to fail you. So like it's another scripture that I want to look at. And then I'm going to go back to this scripture in 2 Thessalonians 3.10. So God says. So um, the Bible says in Isaiah, Isaiah 2 and 22. It says stop trusting in men who have breath in their nostrils. Why? Hold them in this thing. It's another scripture that says, um, hold on. I don't know how my computer did that. It says, um, It is best in the Lord than to put confidence in man. That's Psalms 118.8. Look at Micah 7 and 5. Trust ye not in a friend, but ye not confidence in a God. Keep the doors of thy mouth from her that lieth in thy bosom. So basically, God is saying, look, don't put your trust in no friend. Don't put your confidence in, no, in nobody basically uh whose heart departed from god they some god is saying look people heart departs from god on a regular basis how you gonna trust people who heart is turning away from god here's another um verse psalm 118 it is better to push our trust in the lord then to put confidence in princes. Put your trust in God. This is all. So God like told me this. God was like, look, quit thinking that they're not going to fail you. Because when you come from a, when you come from a lifestyle, like similar to what I was living, it's like you're going to be able to take care of a lot of people. And when you do, sometimes it's like, well, wait, wait, I just helped you. How are you not, like, if I ask you to do something, why you can't help me when I ask you for something? So it's like, well, wait, you know, that, that isn't right. That isn't fair. So it's like, okay, if I, if I give you a hundred dollars and then I ask you for $20 and you can't give me $20 in 10 years. Who wants to deal with that? Quit asking me for anything. And, and so I was just using that as an analogy that some people, it, I just want to point that example out because there are some people who always want to take and take and take and take and take. That's their sense of entitlement with you. Oh, she got it. She could do it. Oh, he got it. He could do it. So it's like God is saying, look, don't people. So let's look at this other scripture. It says here, Psalms 1, no, Galatians 6. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. 
So we know that this is true too. Because everything in the Bible is true. So if somebody is deceiving themselves, what makes you think they won't deceive you? We don't even have to put this into a category. All we need to do is look at what the word of God says. Psalms 40, three through four, it says, and he had put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Trusting in God again. So look, 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 look here. Let's look at this Isaiah 31 and 1. And I know this is the scriptures, but I'm, I have it right here and I, I will screenshot this and put it on the blog. But I also understand something that God has repetition in his word. God confirms his word over and over, over again through many, many different people. So while God is saying, don't trust people. So it says Isaiah 31 and 1. Woe to them, they go down and stay on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong. But they look unto the Holy One of Israel and seek the Lord. Do you see what this says? So people are to places in, like in Egypt. This is an example. But we can use these examples for our lives. So people go down to Egypt they, they, and, they, and they stay on these horses and chariots. Because they are many and they're horsemen because they're strong. So they go around people who they think is strong. But really these people are weak. They go around these people who they, they think that they can trust. Like these people think that they can, you know, like, um, depend God. And when they don't see God, something happens to them end up being in the wrong place at the wrong time because they don't have the Lord in their heart. They, ha they have the trust of these people instead of having trust in God. But here this verse says, neither seek the Lord. They don't even seek God out. Not even in an instance. They're not even seeking God at all. So it says here, and um, let's go to another. C3 13. But evil men and seducers acts worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So now you didn't just imagine somebody that didn't put their trust in the evil person who is a seducer. Their life gonna get worse and worse and deceived. And deceived even more than what it is. That's what this scripture is saying. It shows us that people are doing what? They trusting in people who they think is strong. And because they got nice cars. Because we're going to compare the chariots to cars. 
you hang around the people because they got money, they got chariots, they got cars, they got all this stuff, but they got. So when the enemy come for them, they gonna come for you too. So lay up around them. And you don't have God in your life. So I'm not trying to look at this from a negative perspective. I would really, really like to look at it from a positive perspective. Trusting in God brings us security. It gives us the ability to, you know, make goals and accomplish them. It gives us the ability to go out here and be successful. Not, and not just be successful, but be successful in a way where... You are successful and you have a peace of mind. See, you could be successful and not you don't have God in your life. So that's the good thing about trusting in God. And I can tell I can attest to this. God will allow you to be successful and give you peace at the same time. So it's really not no reason not to trust God. So um, when God is saying all of these things, he wants us to trust him. Let's look at a couple more verses. Let's look at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. God don't even want you to trust yourself. Because if you, if you lean on your own understanding, you're going to end up with a man that will make you broke. You will end up with a woman that will make you homeless. You will end up with a wife that will cause you to lose everything, your whole business. You will end up with a husband that will have you investing in the wrong stuff. You'll be investing in a pyramid scheme, losing all your money. So just listen, God does not want you to even trust on your own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust the Lord with all thine heart. All thine heart. All heart. And lean not your own understanding because guess what when you trust your own understanding you will end up in a mortgage where you could have paid $500 a month now you paying $2,800 a month you paying $1,800 a month in the mortgage when your property taxes would have been 700 a year if you would have been listening to God. See, I know. I'm telling look look, I don't I don't just talk just to say something out of my mouth. I'm talking from experience because God allowed me to go through so many things in my life to give a testimony to it. These are testimonies of mine. This is how I know this. I was about to get in a mortgage for around 
$2,400 a month. The mortgage was $1,800 a month. And I had to pay property insurance. And so property insurance, you got to pay that for like 15 years. Because your insurance, it, you have to pay your insurance with that. But the property insurance is what costs the most. And so I was about to have this, uh, it's a five bedroom, four bath house with solar panels. The solar panels I had to finance, which was around $40,000. And so I was coming out with financing about a, almost a half a million dollars. And at this time, it was so tripped out because my kids are grown. They're like, no, mom, I don't want to move in the house. I I want my own, own apartment, mom. You know, I'm I, me and my brother, you know, we going to be good. I, I'm trying to stay with my brother. We trying to uh have a bachelor pad. So I'm thinking like, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so I wanted us to like. You know, I want them to stay with me and just until they maybe turn 30 or something like that. Where they have their money and we could, you know, like just be okay. You know, up until you could save everything to move into your own house. So let me explain this. So, found out many of the baby boomers were selling their homes. The baby boomers are people that are 65. And so they were selling their homes because their kids was grown and their kids was moving out. So now I'm sitting here like, well, wait, my kids are grown and, and they want them. So why would I, woo, I, I say, God, okay. So I was about to sit here in buy a house paying $2,500 a month. And my kids want their own place. No, I don't need no big old house like that. I don't need a big house like that. I just wanted enough where they had their bedrooms. And we could have our own bathrooms. So, if they not going to be there. I, I was already living in a six bedroom house. It was collecting dust. So, now I'm sitting back like, okay, see, I thought... That this would have been a good idea. And the property taxes on that house was almost $6,500 a year. So I'm thinking like, okay, God, I'm not going to do this. Because God was tugging at my heart. Don't do it. Just don't. It doesn't make sense. So I'm, I'm saying like, well, it don't make sense. But I like this house. I'm sitting up there talking to my and you know, I like what you think about it. And then my man, it's like talking to me through the spirit of God. Like, nah, that doesn't make sense. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's how the Holy Spirit be talking. Don't do that. And you like, oh, see, this house is so bad. Ceilings is so high. It's nice. <laughs> My backyard is, woo, talk about some nice barbecues. I can set the bonfire and everything. So guess what? 
It was the Holy Spirit of God talking to me. Don't do that. That's wasteful spending. That's wasteful spending. That's what God was telling me. That's wasteful spending. You don't need it. That's wasteful spending. So when I tell you what the word of God is saying, and I'm using these examples to you, if I give you an example, I, I most likely have win experience. So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on your own understanding. God does not even want you to trust your own understanding. So what that showed was when I'm about to make a decision, you better call upon the name of the Lord. Because it's like, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so I'll be like, uh -huh. okay, so for instance, I had bought an Audi truck and like all of my cars, I paid cars. And so I had... Uh, being, I always have BMWs and BMW trucks and stuff. So I finally went and got a Range Rover. And then I got, uh, I'm trying to think of another. I had got an Audi car too. I don't like Audi. Um, I really, really BMW driver. Okay. And so, um, so I get this Audi. It has low miles. And I'm thinking like. Well, I mean, I don't really like it, but I like it. And so we had black on black, everything, like everything is nice. The black tint on the um the lights, it's nice. It has the panoramic roof, uh, very low mouths. It has three row, third row seats, everything. It's 4.2 engine that's the biggest engine that they got is the audi q7 and so um when i got the truck i liked it but i never wanted to drive it so the point is is that like just because you think that you you want something that's in style maybe it's not really something you want i spent all them thousands of dollars paying for that like i paid cash for that car i could have used it for something else because after i bought it i gave it to my son and then my son didn't want it no more. And so like I I got it back from him and then I tried to give it to my youngest son. They like, Mama, you know that that car is just so expensive. It's like, okay, so now they thought about it because they so since I ride in foreign, they ride, they riding in foreign too. They're like, oh no, I just, you know, I just want a basic car. Because they know how much money it costs. If you got to get some fixed, for instance, if you need an oil change, that's going to be almost $200. So, you know, I, I get it. I understand. But the point of the matter is, is this. If I would have been listening to God instead of saying, oh, okay, well, extra car, let me go. Because I like having like three and four cars available to me i don't like being in one car if i have one car that means i feel i don't feel comfortable because like it's to that like i really have to get that car fixed so i like having multiple cars to be able to be comfortable if one mess up i just get in my other car but the problem is is that 
I made this decision without God. I just purchased something. And so a lot of people, when we're spending our money on things, you might be thinking like, oh, okay, well, this is this isn't a lot. You know, um, it ain't gonna hurt my pockets if I buy this right now, you know, or I can go shopping for this, or I could go shopping for that. But if you really think about it in the long run, think about those days when you really need something. Think about those days when you could have had used that money for something. So it's like when we include God in our choices and in our decisions, we make better choices and better decisions. We don't wastefully spend our money on things just because we have it within our means to do so. God gives us a mind of a great opportunity cost, not just an opportunity cost that allows you to think from a secular perspective, like, oh yeah, I'm making the right investment here and I'm making the right investment there. God will allow you to maximize $20 and you will do a lot with that $20. And that's the truth. So let like, that's what God here. And I saw you just join me too, um, Brian. Um, I was just talking about the scriptures, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. So, trust uh, in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Because God does not want you to put your trust in people. And he definitely don't want you to trust your own level of understanding things. So, I want to look at... Um, Oh, I kind of been talking about that for a long time. I had so much other stuff to say, but you know, when the, I guess the Holy Spirit is moving in me in action. So, um, I, I wanted to go to the, um, hold on a second. I'm trying to see what I was about to say. So if, if you, if you're looking at your own understanding, maybe you choose, maybe you're choosing a woman who you think that woman could be for you. But in actuality, she may not be. Ask God and say, God, is that the right person for me? Show me what ways is this person right for me? Can this person complement your plan, will, and purpose in my life. Can I really be a helpmate as a woman to this man? You know, or can she really be the helpmate that you need? Can you be the husband that she needs to depend on, she can count on? Because see, the difference between trust is when you are married to a person, that's a completely different thing. You all become one. So you're not depending on your, your relationship with, your, with, with just your spouse. You, you all are both collectively seeking God. And when you, when you are not, there's a disconnection. But if there is one believer in that marriage, then God sanctifies and purifies the marriage. We see this in 1 Corinthians. For the unbelieving wife sanctifies well, God brings uh, sanctification to their marriage because of the believing wife and or the believing husband will bring sanctification to her to his marriage to the unbelieving wife. So 
person have to believe in God. So the, the thing is, is when you do, you're going to trust God with all of your heart. That means that, okay, see, I want to take this job. This job is paying $35,000 more per year if I relocate. But instead of you saying, okay, well, I'm, I'm just about to relocate. And you haven't even found the church you're going to go to. But you found the house. You you look you looked at the Google Map Street. You know how the house look. You know how long it's gonna take for Ann to get to work. You know everything about that. Besides, how close is the commute for church, or is that gonna be the right church? So what God what God was saying was sometimes you know like we 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 need to be able to really hear the voice of god when we're making decisions it's about our decisions that's really impacting us so if you're setting these expectations that lead you to being entitled because ultimately that's what it is you're saying that means you believe what they said they're gonna do. And if they deviate, that means what? They disappointed you, they did you, they you know they didn't care enough. So, right. so like when, when you don't trust in God, you see expectations are a direct correlation with trust. It represents similarly to trust so if that's like so let's let's list this up in the um strong's concordance i'm gonna look this up and um so we're going to look up we need to look proverbs 3 5 and 6 up first in um the king james so it says so with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will So God is saying, look, if you if you acknowledge God, this and then somebody called me on the phone. This is a family member. They call me on the phone, they say, Well, I was listening to your podcast. I was wondering why you feel like you have to depend on God for everything. I was like, well, yes. And so like after, okay, so, so let, let me explain to you what I explained to him. And this is my real, this is my family member. Seriously. Okay. This is a close family. This is my mom's brother. 
they called me and he said he said look i keep hearing you talk about depending on god and you're depending on god for this and you're depending on god for that but why didn't you why do you keep depending on god when don't you think that god made you smart enough to make your own decisions that's exactly the way he said it and so i was like look god allowed all to learn from him when jesus christ was here on earth he was here as 100 god and 100 jesus knew his purpose and so he was focused constantly on his purpose You just come in, you go to work, you come, come home, eat, never talk to you. Why is she coming to you? She talks to you maybe four times a year on the holidays. This is spiritual common sense. We don't just sit back and talk to God when you feel like it. Oh, well, see, I know how to do everything. What do I need? What do you need to talk to God about? What? That's the wrong attitude. Your life depends on having a relationship with God. So if you sit up here, oh, I'm sorry, because I'm smart. See, I make all the right investments, right? 
because I'm smart. Like if you walking around thinking you're smart, then you should be, I don't know. I don't want to say anything sarcastic. So I'm just not going to say it because I don't think that that would be a good example to make. So I'm going to leave that there. But I'm not going to, cannot walk around in this lifetime constantly thinking that you can keep doing stuff. You're making decisions. Yes, the Holy Spirit is in you confirm that god do you know that if god's god tells us to be like him god confirms his word meaning that he has repetition all in his word god says the same thing to us over and over again over and over again so you go to God, God, it's a, it, what do you think about this, God? I was thinking, I tell God, like, I tell God first what I was thinking. This is how I have a conversation with God. I'm like, you know, God, I was thinking about, you know. Seven days. But I think I am going to need one day, which is going to be that Saturday. Should I take two days? I'm just thinking. Or my workout routine. What do you think, God? That I don't know <laughs> that I need to rest one day a week, right? It isn't about me, you know, uh, entertaining the thought of taking two days off per week from working out. It's just about me saying, okay, God, I'm thinking like I want to work out seven days a week, but I know I need one day off. So Saturday will be my day off, but I'm thinking, I think I want to take two. What you think, God? I really do want to work. I want to, I tell God everything. If you said something wrong to me, I'm telling God on you. I'm like, God, you know that this person, I know that they are being deceiving God. And God be like, this, God say, this is what you say to them. And you leave it at that. And I'll leave it right at that. I don't say nothing else. So I, one of my friends, let me, let me explain this to you. This, this was just like recently. It was so So one of my friends I know had some money and I asked one and then they said that they didn't have it. And I know for sure, for sure, they just showed me literally what they had in their account like a few weeks before that. So I'm like, okay, God said, don't say nothing about it. Don't even say nothing to them. So I said, okay, cool. Well, thank you anyway. See, they were looking for a response for me to say something back and to, like, rebuttal them. Rebuttal. 
Because, see, when you have discernment, God gives you uh, the step-by-step process. God is going to tell you what is going on. So people can say whatever they want. But listen to this. Yes, we are children of God. And yes, we love God and we love God voluntarily so if I work routine and I'm alone Because God knows the best routine. Yes, I've but that is different. I'll be up in there working out, asking God, which machine should I work on next? Which one should I work on, God? I want the best exercise equipment that's the one i want to work on knowing god and knowing what god wants me to do yes exercising isn't going against god it's not going against his will right so we we need to understand that you're when you're in god's will you're going to be in his will but that doesn't mean that you're not going to communicate with him about every single thing that you do it's kind of like when you have your spouse, you're gonna be like, um, babe, you know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be spending about five hundred dollars today. So I'm gonna say five hundred dollars out of our account. This is what I wanted to do. I wanted to make an investment into foreign exchange that this is the right time to do it. You know, so then you talk to your spouse and they like, okay, okay, that's fine. But you don't just do stuff without the approval of your spouse, even if you're mad, even if that's your money. It's respect. Now, I don't know how, how many other women do, but I don't do stuff like that. I'm going to talk to my husband about what's next. You know, like, okay, this is what I would like to do. What do you think about us doing this? So it's the same way. It, but it's different with your relationship with God. It's like, God... God is right there. So it's like, okay, God, you let you let me see this. This is what I want to do, but I'm trying to figure out
pay for something? I expect to get what I'm paying for. Okay? So, if I'm paying for $14.99 chicken wings, okay? So, that means that if I'm moving into a house and the plumbing goes wrong, that wasn't something that I was anticipating. But even though that's an unexpected activity, I'm still going to want you to fix that unexpected activity because you're receiving payment for a service that you provided. So I don't like that type of stuff. I'm very, very strict. My kids, everybody tell me like, look, you're, you are very strict. But I think that, you know, when we think about our relationship, with God I think that God can be strict sometimes but not strict like that like God will change your heart it's that's what I'm saying like my heart like for me like I'm okay so I'm gonna use this as an example so a few weeks ago I was at a friend house and so they were like yeah I bet those Christian rappers that you be listening to this how they want to be this how they want to be right here. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? So <laughs> my, my friend was playing a video of, um, it was J. Cole and some other people that I don't know. I don't, maybe they've been rapping. I don't know. Okay. Um, I know J. Cole though. Cause I used to like listening to J. Cole music. That's like one of the main rappers to J. Cole So fabulous is not. If I want to listen to gospel music in Christian that's all I want to listen to. It's because that's what God like that's sound so good. And God will change your heart. God will God will change your heart to the point where when you're living
strong faith in God, it's like Heaven, peace of man. I want to listen to some music that's going to Think about making a right investment. That's gonna give me a lot. I want. I want. There's gonna be having me think about stress, okay? Bottles. I think she would put them all on
this so my okay so i went with my my oldest kid's father is a german and black my my next he looked like an african he looked like he came from from africa like he looks like a real blonde african like with the nappy hair everything i love his nappy hair i love that man nappy hair And then you look at somebody else that I dated, like after that, I was like, okay, well, I dated a man that's 400 pounds. And then somebody that's 140 pounds, so skinny, got tattoos all on the app, all on the face, everywhere, tattoos everywhere. So everybody is different, but they all have the same similar qualities, which was funny, genuine, and it was a lot of other things. So if you're looking at me and trying to decide like what type I have, I don't have a physical type. And so now my type has changed because I will not ever, ever in the name of Jesus Christ date anyone that does not believe in God. And when I say date, I mean no fornication, no none of that, none of that. So it's we have to understand that when God wants us to do something, just because you have a different perspective about it don't mean nothing. Because I have had people tell me, "What well, a man that you that man that you like that man look what 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 do you see in him?" You know, it's not about what what you think I should see. So it's not about what's in the bank account neither. So I don't like that kind of stuff. So that like, you know, it's about perspective. What is shaping your perspective? What is influencing you to set these sort of expectations? So for me, this scripture, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all nine heart. And lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. God will direct your paths. With business too. But when you're doing business, never ever talk about nothing personal. There's nothing personal about business. So like I'm, I'm, I'm so straightforward. Like, I don't have conversations that's not on topic. It's like, okay, the pipe is busted. It needs fixed. But before I say that, hope that you, I hope that your day has been awesome. The pipe is busted outside. It needs fixed. When do you anticipate that getting resolved? I don't care how many requests. I didn't put about 15 requests in since I've been living here. All right. I don't talk about none of them other requests. I don't be like, oh, well, you know, I put in 14 other requests before this one. Because the 14 other requests don't have nothing to do with this one. The, the problem is, is that sometimes we, we misinterpret business relationships because you're depending on your own understanding. You don't know how to communicate with other business associates. 
Now it's, you sitting up here wanting to talk. Well, Sid, y'all not fixing nothing around here. I didn't put in all these work orders and you didn't fix this and you take five months to do that. See, I don't do all of that. It's one issue at a time. That one issue, I'm going to look at it like it, this is the first time it's ever happened. Because historically, we all see what the truth is. So this is so important to understand when you're setting expectations, even in a business associate, even with like, for, for instance, with me, I don't, I don't really, um, do too much business with family members because some people, they don't know how to disassociate business from family. And so if that isn't something that's automatic for you, it means that it'll be a problem for us. And so I, I choose not to do no business. And I have a lot of family members who get upset with me. But it's okay. I, I love you. You know, I, I do. I just, I, I'm that way. You know, and God has like, it's like, I've been through so much with my family and I really do love them a lot, you know, um, but we have to understand we should work with people that's mature business owners. Everyone that's in business are not mature. You can't force them to be mature either. You work with them until the end of that contract. But you maintain your bargain. You maintain your end. That's it. So if you have a lease, finish your lease. If you have a a now do something to make sure that agreement. We have to be alike. And but when you feel you feel like, oh, okay, you want to play games with fixing stuff, then I'm gonna show you how you ain't gonna play no more games with me. You know, like you want to argue. Who wants to argue? I don't want to argue. I'm not going to argue with you. I wash my hands with you. No, uh-uh, I pray for you. And so long as I, I, I see a few people that they want to start arguing, I, I don't know. I, I tell, I don't argue with people. I'm not going to argue with you. The most energy that you gonna get from me is it. And, and that too, my kids, when they be like, mom, look, I have this, I already prayed about this, okay? I be like, okay, go ahead and teach me something. Teach me. Because <laughs> my kids, they're just, you know, like I, they got it together. Period. Okay. So that's fine with me. So all I know now is one goal that I have that I would like to stay in a tiny house. So now, like, I know the kids because they all they want to do is just have their own place. But I want to live my life, though, too, you know. So um, the point of this is let's not set these expectations for people. Because God doesn't want us 
to God doesn't want us to keep our trust in people. So going back to the original um scripture, Isaiah 2 and 22. Stop trusting in mere humans who have but a breath in their nostrils. Why hold them in esteem? So when when you went so what this scripture is saying, why would you hold them at a high level? Why are you holding them at this trustworthy level? When they're human. And we see all of these scriptures. Uh, and I'm going to screenshot this. I am definitely going to screenshot. Do not put your trust in men. All these Bible verses that talks about not trusting in people. So the New Living Translation says. To trust in mere humans. They are as frail as breath. What good are they? That's the New Living Translation. The King James Bible says, Cease ye from man whose breath is in his nostrils. For wherein is he to be accounted of? That's saying the same things. Let go of men. They only have breath in their nostrils. They can't be accounted for. I mean, I do like the King James Version too, though. It's like, well, wait, how are you accounting for this? <laughs> it's a, when somebody fail you, that's what you're going to think about. Well, see, I don't, I don't feel disappointment because I'm not, I'm not putting my expectations in people. I put my expectations in God. So if something goes wrong, I'm not disappointed. God going to take care of that. But it's okay. I love you and I forgive you. Whatever you couldn't do, I understand. Whatever I couldn't do, you know, please forgive me, you know. But, and then some people, they misinterpret that and they say, oh, you don't care about nothing. Like, oh, did I tell you that? <laughs> I didn't say anything like that. I said, I. if you see my actions and my actions telling you I don't care about nothing, how, how can my actions tell you that? Because I'm not mad. Because I'm not upset. No, I have a peace of mind. When things don't go as planned, that's because our Father in Heaven has a different plan. And I trust in His plan. That don't mean that we give up. We can keep trying. But if it's, you know, too much, we're going we gonna to go to the table and get on our knees and pray to God. That's who I go to the table with. I go to the table with God. Going to the table with God, getting on my knees and praying. That's who I go to the table with. Some people go to the table and they go to talk to their friends and be like, look, we're going to have a meeting at this business meeting. No, before I'm doing anything, I'm going to the table with God. Because, see, I'm not disappointed. You know why? Because God already showed me that that wasn't going to work. But since you were so excited about it, I just went ahead and did it just in this, you know, I try to tell you, you know, but it's like, I'm not disappointed about nothing. So it's certain things that God will show you 
you're not going to be disappointed about but if you constantly constantly keep doing things in this lifetime where you trusting in this person you trusting in that person let's look at the amplify bible it says um in isaiah 2 and 22 it says stop regarding man whose breath of life is in his nostrils for so little time for why should he be esteemed the amplified bible seems to be the most coldest explanation of the bible that you could read i really do like the amplified bible so um and what i mean coldest explanation i mean like the most thorough the realest okay i like the new living translation too but because like my bible this bible um this bible is in the new living translation so i try to i'm trying to read it from the new living translation too but i i really am perfecting the new new uh international version as well let me go ahead and stop sharing the screen i didn't get a chance to get into the videos i had some awesome videos about entitlement and i also wanted to finish up on the um self-care practices but i'm at the two hours um and i didn't know time go back so fast i really do love you all thank you all so much for the support thank you for the love i saw all of the love that you were showing me i appreciate that too i just wanted to point that out i wasn't ignoring you i hate the love um so yeah so that's what we have don't don't let your expectations disappoint you because expectations will fail you and disappoint you. Expectations will lead you to thinking that you're entitled. When all you got to do, expect God, not man, not people. Expect God's plan. Trust in him, not man, not people. So God isn't going to fail you. But men will. People will. Also, just know that God's plan is better for you than any other plan in this world. And so what that means is invite God in. Just go ahead and invite God into your life, okay? And understand that when you go to, don't go to the table talking to calling your friends to help you with your life. They can't help you get past their own level of experience. How they gonna help you pass your experience when they never went through your experience? They gonna empathize with you or have sympathy for you. But if you went through something they've never experienced, God has glory that's about to come out of you. His glory is about to be used from, for you, from you. So you, you're someplace where they, they haven't experienced yet. And understand that when you go to the table, you can't go to the table talking to people who can't give you no advice. I figured that out a long time ago. The only one that can give you advice for your unique and special experiences that you go through is God. Because sometimes I be like, God, how I end up in that situation? How did I even meet this person? I mean, you know, like, <laughs> God.
Lord Jesus. But um, so that's so that's the thing. We have to understand that you need to talk to God more than you talk to people. Don't ask people, expect and trust God. Amen. So uh go to the table with God. You go to the table with God, you get on your knees and pray. That's who you go to the table with. That's who you make your plans with. That's who you make smart goals with. All right, so let me go ahead and pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word today. Thank you for using me, God. We say yes to your plan, yes to your will, yes to your purpose. Wherever you want us to go, however you want us to go, whoever you want us to say it to, whenever you want us to say it to, God, we say yes to you. We ask that you are our leader and continue to be our leader. No, I'm sorry, God. We, we ask that you will be the leader for people that have not made you their leader. That they will follow you. That they, you will be their God and they will be your people, God. And so we ask that you just touch their hearts, touch their life, change their heart, ch transform their man, change their thinking, Lord. Because it started with a thought that the thought caused them to be led astray. So, God, we asking that you just reshape their heart, change their thinking, change their life, Lord. Whatever it takes, touch their hearts. God, show people that we don't need to put our expectations and trust in men or people, but we want to see you, God. So, we thank you that you're making a way for us to see you in all things, God. We see your glory in all things, God. Show us your glory in all things, in every situation, in every problem, God. With every concern, God. With every single worry that somebody has. Show them your glory in it, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, in your blood. Amen. All right, now. Thank you all so much for joining me. Don't forget to join me tomorrow. I'm going to have some exclusive discussions uh trying to finish up on this topic all right so if you wanted to suggest a topic please go ahead and send me an email directly to deanna watson at suddenchangescorporation.org and also remember if you wanted to um get prayer send that prayer request to laws life health at suddenchangescorporation.org in addition if you wanted to volunteer or do some uh, mandated community service for a court or possibly do an internship for college credit, right? Or if you wanted to become an author, send me an email at info at suddenchangescorporation.org. Thank you all so much for joining me tonight. I really appreciate you all. Um, you all have a good night. I'll see you tomorrow. Stay blessed.